Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good morning, and thank you for joining host Cheryl Esposito for an intriguing hour of Leading Conversations. Each week, Cheryl brings together big thinkers to the Voice America Business Channel. Now here's your host, Cheryl Esposito. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Leading Conversations. This is Cheryl Esposito. Today we have a fabulous, very special guest joining us, Sandra Yancey. Sandra is the founder and CEO of eWomen Network, which is the premier women's business network in North America. She's an author. She's written Relationship Networking, The Art of Turning Contacts into Connections. She has a new book coming out soon, Succeeding in Spite of Everything, and she's going to tell us all about the new book and how you succeed in spite of everything. Mm. She's co-founder of MyGlow.net, and this is just a wonderful heart-centered social network for women that we're going to talk more about. Sandra, welcome to Leading Conversations today. Thank you, Cheryl, for having me. I'm really looking forward to spending this time with you. Oh, it's great to have you here. Now, tell us, where are you today? I'm in Dallas, Texas, which is home for me. Oh, yes. Nice. Must feel good to be home for a change. Yes, it does. It does. All week. I, it's been a long time, so it's nice. It's a wonderful spring weather here in Dallas. Oh, terrific. Well, we're honored that you're taking some, some of your time away from being home to speak with us today. Mm. Um, you know, you are quite the role model for many, many, not just women, many people around the world, and your story is a very interesting one. Um, mm-hmm. you, you wouldn't, one would not think that you are the typical um, CEO of a very large organization. Uh, you, your background is varied. And your upbringing was um, not what one would call privileged, so right. what I've heard is it was a privilege to have your mother. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sounds like a wonderful woman. So tell us a bit, tell our listeners a little bit about you know, where you got this strength that you carry so brilliantly in yourself. Mm. Well, I mean, clearly, I think uh, many of us um, are products of our upbringing and the things that we, you know, choose to hold on to to lift us up. I hope are the positive ones and. Uh, you know, I, uh, I I certainly have learned an abundant amount of, you know, positive things, not only from the words of wisdom that my mother, um, little pearls that she would often kind of drip on me throughout my childhood, but also in watching her and how she, you know, has lived her life being a, 
you know, a first-generation American. Uh, my, I am. My mother's from uh, Mexico. She's a Lopez. And uh, my father was um, uh, French-Canadian, and my maiden name's Goulet. So um, I'm, a, I'm a real kind of Heinz 57 on multiple <laughs> levels. And... Um, Unfortunately, my my father uh, passed away when I was five years old on my birthday in a very tragic car accident. And my mother was left to raise three kids. And while she would have loved to have had a full-time job, not a lazy woman at all, it was very difficult for her because while she could speak English, she couldn't read it fluently. And so it, it, um, it really proved to be a hindrance for her. So I was raised for a very long time on on welfare and um, through the the generous support of St. Vincent de Paul through our church that delivered groceries to the poor and and but I didn't know it. I mean, Cheryl, the truth is, I didn't. I never really understood, knew, or felt as if I was poor. My mother yeah. was a prideful woman. She, you know, I grew up in Dayton, Ohio, the little D, to move much later in life to the big D, Dallas. And you know, she grew tomatoes, and you know, she grew her herbs, and she just took so much pride in it that I didn't realize that. You know, while we could say today it was it's the healthy way to go, the truth the matter is it was the cheapest way to go, you know, back then. And, um, and, uh, and so I, and the house was always, you know, spick and span and clean. She was a seamstress and, you know, I, my, my clothes always fit me well. And, you know, I remember going into, you know, uh, Goodwill, um, centers and my mother would say, buy the prettiest of fabric. Don't worry about what size, you know, and uh, and even through high school, you know, we, we did that. She always went to look for kind of couture clothes that had been given away, not for the clothes, but for the appointments, the buttons and the things that she would then make earrings and, and buckles for my shoes and, and things like that. You know what I mean? She just, she just had a real flair for fashion, and I always felt like a million bucks. You know, I... Uh, she remarried a number of years later, and um, you know, I, uh, you know, I, I just I watched how she made so much out of so little, you know, and uh, it's a very powerful lesson for me that I certainly employed as I started eWomen Network, and it wasn't launching as quickly as I thought it was. It was much more expensive to launch than I thought it was going to be. You know, the customers didn't come as quickly as I thought it was going to be. I didn't make as much money as I thought I was going to make. You know, and when things got really tough and trying, you know, after a wonderful, cushy life in corporate America, it was very humbling experience for me to kind of be relinquished to, you know, the, you know, robbing Peter to mug Paul <laughs> kind of lifestyle that I, I suddenly said to myself, I've seen this before, you know, I've seen this before. And, um, well, your mom, you know, excuse me for interrupting, but your mom, it strikes me that she had a bit of an entrepreneurial spirit in herself. Yes. Yeah. Being creative in the way that she approached things. Yes. 
no no question about it i mean no no question about it she kind of made her way you know in life and i think as entrepreneurs that's what we do we make our way don't we it's very rarely given to us or handed to us right we have to you know take the wisdom the knowledge the information the skills that we have and begin to create our our own paths which she didn't have which we now have you and i i mean the fact that we are you know on this phone together, Cheryl, is a product of the fact that we are able to be in each other's networks, right? We've, we've yeah. met in a common place of like-minded people, which created an instant ability for you and I to connect and want to support each other. And my mother didn't have that, you know what I mean? And so what I realize is the one real missing piece to the puzzle of true abundance was a recognizing that no one makes it alone and b recognizing that you know you are probably only as successful um, and as rich in your life and by rich i mean not just financially i mean rich in relationships rich in you know access and you know rich in wisdom and that kind of thing by that one defining thing is who's in your network who are the people you're hanging out with right. you know well, now, uh, you, you talked about having been in corporate america so you mm, went to college yeah. you got your degrees and you went yeah. to corporate america and yep. um in interestingly enough in, in the field of organization development which i'm very familiar yeah. with being an executive yeah. coach and yeah. and in organization development you're really curious about how things work and yes. what makes it up and, and what motivates people and and how an organization supports its people. So how did you go from that to starting your own well, what happened was, so I went to college, but I did it kind of the long, a more arduous way um, because I got married right out of high school, right? So I'll be married 35 years this year. Oh, congratulations. And, uh, so I didn't have the go away, go to campus, join the sorority kind of experience. Yeah. Um, and, um, but, and, and I worked and ultimately got into a major, at the time, no longer, but at the time, Fortune 500 company, the Mead Corporation, School and Office products. It's a paper company um, with its kind of high-tech side, Lexus, Nexus, online legal research, online news research. And I had a wonderful career there and worked in the world headquarters. My boss reported directly to the chairman of the board. Um, and so I had a staff and a budget and a beautiful office and all of those kinds of things. Um, I waited 13 years, Cheryl, and I don't even know if you know this about me, but I waited, Kim and I, my husband's name is Kim, Kim and I waited 13 years on purpose to have our first child. So um, I had a whole other life before Brianna had come right. on board, and it was very easy when you know we were childless, so to speak, for both Kim and I to be very committed to our respective careers. Sure. And so I was one of those that you know the difference between a job and a career is about twenty twenty five hours. Per week, yeah, exactly per week. By the way, yeah, and um, I, you know, I. Uh, 
you know, I was very committed to my career. And then, and, and, and when I w- was pregnant with Brianna, I did everything that I had learned to do in school and in, and in, you know, corporate America, and that's plan, you know, your expected outcomes, so to speak, put your plans in place, know what your contingency plans are, all of those things, you know, and so that was the early days even of the ultrasound, and I was the first one in line. Let me paint the room the right color the first time. If you don't have the time to do it, you know, right the first time, when are you going to have time to do it over kind of thing, right? I mean, all of that stuff, and got the nanny lined up, and, you know, the whole bit, and I got to tell you, Cheryl, I... I had this little girl, and they put her in my arms, and I changed. I mean, it's really quite that simple. I was fundamentally not the same woman anymore, and nobody was more surprised than me. And uh, it took me a while. I mean, I, I was 15, Brianna was 15 months old when um, I, was, I, I was pulling a suitcase. I kept my suitcases under my bed. And I'll never forget this moment. You know how you have, like, flashbacks of certain moments in your life? And I was pulling the suitcase out from under my bed. And Brianna was 15 months. She was walking. And she toddled over and got on top of my bed. I'd already been struggling with the guilt of being gone and being away. And, uh, but she toddled over and she climbed up on top of my suitcase, which I thought was the cutest thing ever. I thought, oh, this is, you know, a Kodak moment. Let me get my camera. Only for her to look at me and instead of smiling for a pose, she got this horrible little frown and these little tears welled up in her eyes and she said, no go, mommy. No go. And I was oh. like, oh, my God. I mean, I was, I was like, I can't go. But I did. I did. But that's when I put the plans in place. And I, I, I subsequently, it took, me, it took me about another 15 months. She was three years old before I actually quit. Because to be honest with you, totally honest with you, I was clear I wanted to quit. But Cheryl, I went through this crisis around suddenly I, I, I got in touch with how much of my identity was tied to my job and my position and my office and my right. budget and my staff and, and it wasn't so easy to let go of. I mean, I had to go get help. It was, it was certainly not something I could have ever, I recognized very early, I can't, I'm not going to be able to work through this by myself. So I, about three months later, I went and saw a counselor for a while and put the plans in place and said, I'm launching my own business. And, um, and, I, and I eventually resigned. But even when I resigned, I was so happy. I remember I couldn't sleep the night before. I was like, I'm resigning tomorrow. I'm so excited. I'm charting a new course of my life, and I'm so ready. And yet when I came out of that meeting, my husband had said to me that morning, call me. I want to hear, you know, how it went and everything. And I went to my office, shut the door, called my husband, and broke out in tears. What have I done? Oh, my God. You know? And I wanted it, but I sobbed in fear yeah. in the the isolation and the loneliness of the moment, you know, and everybody thinking I was crazy. How could you let well, go of that? that? That, I think, is part of the, what people go through when they decide to make a change is that the people yes. around them start looking at you saying, are you out of your mind? Look at what you yes. have. Why are you giving yes. that up? And, exactly. of course, what we know is that they're really talking about themselves and about their exactly. own fear. Mm. But, you know. but you've got to be careful, don't you, who you listen to? Because if you, if you have too many, if you're surrounded by too many of those people, right, they, you, you can, in your weak, low moments, 
where you're feeling isolated, start to have those little voices that make you question yourself. Like, what is it that maybe they see that I don't see? What is it that they know that I don't know? Or when you hit your first bump in the road, you wonder, you know, were they right and all of that. So you do have to constantly take inventory of the people you're hanging out with so that um, you are surrounded by not the energy vampires or the Debbie Doubters, but by people that, you know, have made the transition that you find yourself in and have come out on the other side. As If nothing else, if they never become your customer, sometimes more importantly is they are that, they're like the fuel, the gas that you put in your tank that fills you up with the inspiration, the drive, and the commitment to keep going. Well, and we know that there are a lot of women who are leaving corporate America. Uh, yes. And there are also, interestingly enough, a lot of men who are stepping away because a lot of the opportunities have shifted with this financial downturn. And yes, no so question. Some of them are stepping away. Some of them are being asked to step away. Right. Um, but but it's, it's, made it, it's a very interesting time, I believe, for entrepreneurs. And, and I, we're going to need to go to break, but when we come okay. back, um, I want you to tell us, you know, when you decided what to start eWomen Network, what okay. was the impetus for that? And then what okay. do you think about what's happening today? So, okay, sounds good. We'll be right back. You'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. 
Are you tired of the government squandering your tax dollars on bailouts and overpaid bureaucrats? On Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Mike Beitler and his guests explain why big government regulations are the problem and innovative businesses and free markets are the solution. Listen to Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler Thursday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Network. How do you feel about the future? Tune in each week for Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. You can be a great leader by learning from the inspiring stories of amazing visionaries who are shaping our future. Everyone deserves to create their own vision, and Kate and her guests will share the tools that you need to make it happen. Make a weekly visit to the Voice America Business Channel for Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. Be inspired. Become inspiring. Always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. We appreciate you joining our leading conversations today. If you would like to participate in today's conversation, please call us now at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. 5790. Now back to your host, Cheryl. Well, welcome back to Leading Conversations. This is Cheryl Esposito, and Sandra Yancey is our special guest today. So, Sandra, you spent the last segment telling us who you are and how you made some very courageous changes in your life. And so, the next thing you did was start eWomen Network. Was that the next thing you did? No, actually, for about seven years, I had a solopreneur consulting practice, just me kind of operating out of my my own home. Mead had about nine months after I resigned, um, Mead was sold to a European company, Reed Elsevier, and they reorganized, and they did, I think, like about two waves of layoffs, 4,000 people each wave, so about 8,000 people. And, of course, if I had stayed for nine more months, I'd have probably gotten a nice package, would have been, which would have been great seed money, but, you know, I missed that opportunity. Um, but I, uh, I, ironically enough, when I worked in Mead, I had run an actual P&L center. So it was an internal consulting firm, but for the divisions to utilize us, they had to hire us, and we build them. So it was very important that we did top-quality work because they didn't have to. Um, hire us. They could go outside. So literally, as an inside consulting firm, we were competing with a lot of outside consulting firms. Um, the good news is my team did a phenomenal job at what we did. Most of it, most of it was process improvement at the time, and uh, looking at flow charting processes, looking for you know, um, you know, areas in which there were you know um, ha- the handoffs weren't smooth or there were unnecessary steps, etc. So when I left and went out on my own, that's what I was doing. And what worked for me is that so many of those people that were laid off were often my clients. So when they found 
found jobs and got picked up by other corporations, they wanted to come in and do some of the great, they wanted to replicate some of the things that were big wins for them in their previous job and introduce them to the new job. That's a very natural thing that new hires do, uh, make a mark very early with a great win. And so my phone started ringing and it was a wonder, it was wonderful. And very quickly I had a very sexy portfolio of clients like Coca-Cola and Levi Strauss and AT&T and, you know, it was just wonderful. And then we had moved. We we decided to move. We were in Dayton, Ohio, a Midwestern girl, born and raised. And then about 15, 16, going to be 16 years now, we moved to Dallas, Texas. And I was on a plane going to all of my other clients. And I had kind of recreated the nightmare and the reason why I left, you know, my corporate job to begin with. Only, Cheryl, the truth is I made it worse because now – I didn't have an assistant. I didn't have somebody right. to schedule my flights, my hotel right. rooms, my my cabs, make the copies, change the toner and the fax machine. I mean, you know, I just <laughs> wasn't doing it all. Possible for everything. Exactly. And and my husband, I must give him credit because he said to me, Sandra, why are you doing this? I mean, why are you, you know, miserable again? I mean, look out in our backyard. We're in this huge, major, you know, metropolitan city, Dallas, Texas. And literally at the time, my house, the house we we built was like 10 miles from world headquarters for Frito-Lay, world headquarters for J.C. Penney, Ross Perot's huge EDS complex, you know, um, Cadbury Schweppes, FINA, country. Countrywide Insurance had a huge campus, yet none of them were my clients. And I thought to myself, oh, you know what? They're not my clients because they don't know I exist. I need to start doing this thing called networking, which I found I had really never done, Cheryl, because my other clients had kind of fallen in my lap from being laid off of Mead, right? And so I went networking for the very first time in my life, and I Boy, did I get a sense of what the good old boy network was in Dallas. Oh, I bet. And, and I must say, uh, it's not a critique or a criticism. I mean, I was in awe of what I witnessed. I yeah. was like, no wonder these guys are doing so well. I mean, they have figured it out and they got it going on. And I want to play. I want in the game. And I just felt like while I was welcome, I wasn't really in the game. I was more relegated to being a bystander and, and observing. And I wanted to be more than a fan. I wanted to play. And so yeah. someone had said to me, well, there's women's groups. You ought to go do that and go check that out. And so I did that. And remember, this is 98, 99, right. 99. And I found women's groups to be very social. And I love girlfriends. Don't get me wrong. I'm all about, you know, having a great social time. But I'm also all about business. And I really wanted, you know, to build a, a million-dollar business. And I just found that... Um, that those environments that really fostered, tell me about who you are, tell me about what you do, tell me about what your, who your ideal client is, tell me what your biggest business challenge is, you know, how can I help you kind of conversations really didn't exist. 
And that's the start of eWomen Network. I just said we need to create something for women entrepreneurs, and now we have an increasingly number of men that have joined us. We call them our e-mails, different kind of mails, you know, um, that are joining because they love our collaborative, uh, relationship-centric way of networking, where it's not the traditional form of, you know, kind of she who passes out the most cards wins. Right, right. rather it's a more, it's a slower, more intensive, deliberate relationship building process of not what you get, but how can I support you? How can I help you? Well, and you know, there is some uh, research done. In fact, Ivan Meisner, who we both know, uh, just recently released a book on this, that women and men actually do network differently. And that for women, it's the relationship first. And yep. business second. And yep. for men, it's business first. And if a relationship happens, then great. But if not, you know, still do business. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so it makes sense to me that yeah. going to a typical networking session or meeting where mm-hmm. there's mostly men, um, yeah. that, that it wouldn't necessarily fit for you. Yeah. But, you know, I will tell you, I mean, we've known, we've noticed in the last, I would say, five, maybe six years, a huge shift with even men. I mean, we've had more men. In fact, I've had investors that have approached me and said, will you create this kind of a, an environment for men? Um, and we've had more men that have asked kind of for permission, am I welcome? Can I come? This fits so much better for me. You know, and it's funny because the truth of the matter is, you know, we we often tease men, in my opinion, of being very transaction-based. But the truth of the matter is, if you peel back the layers, men are incredibly relational. I mean, they are so committed to their fraternity brothers. They, the, you know, golf is a very social relationship thing. Uh, I mean, you know, men, men are, inc- I mean, they refer each other and share. I mean, that's what the whole men, men touring, right? Right, right, right. Concepts right. kind of came up. That's all purely relational. I know somebody who does really great work, who's a really good guy. Let me give them to you and and refer. Um, So it's been an interesting kind of veil that I think somehow um, have been overlaid around men, generically speaking. And I feel them lifting the veil as much as I see women doing it around um, getting more and more in touch with the importance and the value of relationships. Because I don't care who's on the phone here. I don't care if you sell a service or if you sell a a product. I don't care if you work in corporate America or if you're self-employed. The one thing I can tell you, Cheryl, is that every single person on this phone is in the same business, every single one of us. And we're in the relationship business, you know, and if you don't have great relationships in corporate America, chances are you're probably struggling being recognized, appreciated, and promoted, right? And if you don't have great relationships as a sales rep for corporate America, you're probably not closing the sales that you need. And the same is true in entrepreneurs. If you don't, if you're not great at building relationships, it's going to be hard for you to build your A team. And if you don't have an A team surrounded around you, you can't scale your business, right? If you're not good at building relationships, it's hard to get referrals and sell to future clients. I mean, it's all about relationships. Well, and that is something you are absolutely so great at doing. And I see it every time I see you. I see it happening all around you. And I see the intention with which you 
make that occur. And, you know, when I think about you deciding, making that decision to create a network and having the confidence to say, we're going to do this. This is a need. I see it. We're going to fill this. Now, many people right. have ideas, but they don't have the courage to act on them. What, what gave you the courage to do that? Well, it was um, what I call, um, if I can be totally honest with you, um, unconscious incompetence. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I just really, I just really didn't know. I couldn't do it, you know. It just, it seemed like a no-brainer, and it felt like it was going to be easy. And of course, you know, it wasn't, right? And, you know, that courage, uh, you know, transformed into some really scary, isolating moments of self-doubt. You know, I mean, it was, it's clearly been the test of my life. Um, And I think that, um, so I went thinking that this could not be difficult to do. And of course, you know, it was what I didn't know. And to be honest with you, Cheryl, if I were to relive it, I don't think I would have wanted to know everything that I was going to go through because honestly, if I would have known, um, I I think I would have chosen a different path. I think I would have said, I'm not up for that. Yeah, Um, yeah. I think I would have bypassed it. So I think there is something to be said for not knowing. And what I learned, though, was I look at the days where, you know, as I said, I've robbed Peter to mug Paul, right? I've called the (laughs) phone company and said, what's the least amount I have to pay so I can keep the lights on? And that that was about two years into eWomen Network. When it began to shift, right, was when I started really being very, truly living in my authenticity, because someone had said to me, and this is what I'm getting ready to say, I think is sometimes appears to be a pretty um, provocative statement. It generates a lot of different reactions, because um, somebody had told me one time, you got to fake it till you make it. And for me, and let me just speak for myself, for me, I believe that was the kiss of death. That was the beginning of all of my problems, as I look back. Because for me, when you are not living your authentic self and you are behaving as an imposter, I mean, I finally had to ask myself, would I want to do business with someone who's lying through their teeth, who's not being authentic, who's not who he or she says she is? I mean, it really took me a while to say, I think I'm participating in my own demise. I mean, I really think I need to find, now that doesn't mean that you cry soup with everybody that you meet, right? Sure, sure. Yeah, but what yeah. it did tell me is that I I was I I could not figure it out for myself. I was in the fog. I couldn't see the forest for the trees. And I didn't I hadn't surrounded myself with anybody who could help me because I kept telling everybody everything's great and wonderful. Great. And so people were like, "Well, great. You got it all figured out, girlfriend. You know, you're on your own. Make it happen." And well, and that, realized, must have been, that must have been for yourself. It must have been really disheartening just every night to go home and think, I, I can't even believe me. Right. Yeah. Right. 
you know, but I kept thinking, well, no one's going to want to know that I'm struggling. And, you know, who wants to do business with someone who's struggling, you know? And so what I realized is it's not about telling everybody. It's not like you walk up and tell everybody you're miserable and you can't pay your bills, right? right? But you do need to find that. And that's where networking, that's a different, I think, um, that's the other side of the coin, if you will, of networking. The one side of the coin certainly is about meeting potential customers and looking right. at how to take those interactions to transactions. But for me, I can tell you, the other side of the coin, which was clearly the turning point in my life, was having a network of people that you could say, I'm really struggling with this aspect of my business, and I don't know what I'm doing wrong. And having someone be honest to say, you know what, I've noticed that, and uh, it's a, this that you're doing is a turnoff to me, or this that you're doing, I've done that and it didn't work for me either. Let me let me give you another idea or another recommendation, or I actually don't know, but I know somebody who might be able to help you, or, you know, it's interesting, just yesterday I was reading a magazine and I had an article on this very topic, you ought to check it out, or did you hear about that book that recently came out? It's, you know, and so getting access to people who had information, contacts, leads, and resources that you you don't have became the real turning point without question. And to me, that still is so fundamental and core to my network. When I, when I talk about networking, I'm not just talking about customers. Because let me tell you something, nothing could be worse than getting a bunch of customers and then not being able to serve them well. Not having the infrastructure, the processes, the systems, the follow-up in place to really serve them. Right, that could right. be the real beginning of the end. <laughs> Correct, <laughs> exactly. Right, you could kill your exactly. company time. Well, we have more to talk about with Sandra Yancey when we come back because clearly she is succeeding in spite of everything. We'll be right back. business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. 
These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. If you want to talk about the East Coast sports scene, particularly from the Southeast, make sure you tune in to the Jeff Owen Show every Tuesday. Yeah, we'll talk about some of the other teams and news that's out there, but host Jeff Owens and co-host Tasha Humphrey know the inside and out of the Georgia College sports world, and they were born there, raised there, and still live the scene. We'll talk about every sport imaginable. Tune in on Tuesday at 7 p.m. East Coast time, 4 p.m. in the West, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. We appreciate you joining our leading conversations today. If you would like to participate in today's conversation, please call us now at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Now back to your host, Cheryl. Well, welcome back to Leading Conversations. Our guest is Sandra Yancey, the author of Relationship Networking, The Art of Turning Contacts into Connections, and the founder and CEO of eWorld so, Sandra, you had quite the journey to success with eWomen Network, and your newest book project is called Succeeding in Spite of Everything. Mm-hmm. And some of what you've told us is great. I love that you're sharing all this with us because, you know, it's not always an easy path getting to success. And right. So, Succeeding in Spite of Everything is your way to inspire people and help them understand no, everybody has a story, right? Everybody so, has a story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, and this is um, in progress. This project is in progress and, and will mm. be out uh, in July, right? Is that right? Correct. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. It's a it's a compilation of um, uh, women and and some men entrepreneurs that you know have really uh, stuck out some really difficult uh, transformations and transitions. Um, I have asked three you know multi million dollar earning girlfriends, uh, Lisa Nichols, Marsha Weeder, Lisa Sasevich, close friends of mine, to join me uh, to share and be open in not just their lowest moments, but what was the catalyst to create the shift and, you know, how did you really put that into play and make it happen? So it's, in t- it's intended to cover all different kinds of, um, you know, segments, personal business and otherwise, because sometimes, you know, we all have those moments and I still have them. I mean, I've never run a multi-million dollar business before, let alone international. We have 118 chapters across the United States and Canada. I have customers that reach as far away as Nigeria, you know, and Australia, the UK. I mean, I've never had experience. This is uncharted territory for me, right? And you've got to constantly be growing, and it can be scary. 
scary and it can be expensive and it can be risky. And so, you know, even those people that are experiencing great success still have those quiet moments of trepidation and, and loneliness and fear, right? And I think sometimes all we need is just to know that we're not alone. And so when we have those moments, this book is intended to be kind of that dose of, of inspiration and, and rich content which can give you, you know, that, that, you know, a hold of that string that keeps you swinging in spite of the fact that you feel like you're hanging out there all alone. Right. Well, and (laughs) you mentioned international organization. I mean, you must be working with women who come from varied backgrounds and cultures. Do you find that um, some of the issues are consistent across the, around the world? Totally. Totally. They, there's, there's four of them that I think are consistent. It's almost to me, um, like Cheryl, you know, like if, if we were building a house, you and I, you know, and you might choose to pick, you know, this, you know, major sprawling ranch, you know, that, you know, can, you can do retreats or have girlfriends or maybe you have a huge family to come and stay for the holidays. I may choose to pick a little bungalow cottage two bedroom thing. No matter what, both of us will have to go through some, you know, fundamental decisions, right, in order to get the foundation laid correctly. And so for me, I think the issues that I see happening over and over is, number one, I think we sometimes get very distracted and we don't focus on the important things. And so our priorities aren't clear. And until you know what your priorities are, what's important to you, I don't believe you will ever be able to differentiate an opportunity from a distraction. And I, and I feel like I see a pattern of the, the entrepreneurs that I see struggle are the ones that get caught up in distractions of things that don't serve them well, that's on point with what's important to them. You know, secondly, I see a pattern of um, entrepreneurs not leveraging their business. You know, I believe, and I've yet to meet an entrepreneur that I haven't worked with, even in my own Chairman Circle coaching program, where, you know, we haven't been able to help people, whether they offer a product or a service, really begin to leverage and create three price points. You have to be able to appeal to various different customers and various different stages. If you can get them early on, particularly if your customer are women, they're so loyal, they will stay with you, but you have to help them grow. So you're going to have to have different price points uh, to be willing to engage with them. All right? And then when the economy changes, maybe you lose some of the big stuff, but then you build on the smaller price points. Then that allows you to be flexible and move with uncertainty that you can't control. The second, the third thing is that I will tell you that I believe a fundamental problem is that, you know, people don't give themselves access to other great thought leaders and great information and great context. And I do believe, I'm one of those people that believes you have to get out of your backyard. I mean, believe it or not, even if you've got like a local business or you've got, you're working a day job, I mean, you really want to grow and see opportunity, you got to get out of your backyard. Um, I'm just, I believe, I mean, I still have, for example, Trenisa Denuser, she's the global vice president of communications for Estee Lauders. She's never going to be an a, a member of eWomen Network, right? She's a corporate woman that travels around the world. She's on my advisory council. 
I value her so much. Even though she hasn't a clue what it's like to be an entrepreneur, she has ways of looking at the world globally, and just hearing her talks gives me ideas of what I can do, right? You've got to get access to people outside your backyard, because all of us live in a little box, and it's really the, a cultural thing that we try to keep people in the box. And success is about learning how to fit in, but also stand out. So you've got to straddle and get a foot kind of out there, if you will. Not so out there that people think you're weird, but not so inside the box that people don't see you, that you blend in. You become vanilla. Right, right. And the final thing is, I think it's the way in which you go about developing a great network. The best time to have a network is when you don't need one. Because when you only show up when you need something, you're not networking, you're net begging. Right? So if you're saying to yourself, I don't really need a big network right now, that's the best time to begin. Right. Because now you can just show up in the form of service. How can I serve you? How can I help you? What is it that you need? I know a great book or a great connection or a great person or whatever it is. When you just show up in service, you develop a reputation of not always trying to sell someone, you know, but trying to serve them. It's the big S versus the little S. Serve versus sales, you know, makes all the difference. And I think that's the difference between those that struggle and those that cross the million-dollar mark. Well, that makes so much sense. Absolutely. I think that's the first time I've heard it put that way very, very succinctly. So you, you've you gone beyond the eWoman Network, and you have created a second network, which I find fascinating, and comes out of the GLOW Project. Mm, yes. yes. Talk to us about that. So the GLOW Project is an outcome of I was with, I was at a spa with some girlfriends, and we were between massages. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's kind of a guy's locker room story. <laughs> Only it smelled so much better. <laughs> Candles and potpourri and you know, a glass of wine. And um, we were talking about, not unlike, Cheryl, what you and I are doing right now, real authentic you know, conversation about the realities and the struggles and that kind of thing. And I actually had a girlfriend, one of the ladies that was there, that said, you know, this is like a movie. Because People often look at people of great um, affluence and influence and think, oh, they've had a different life than my life. You know, I can't do that. And so I asked them, if, if I did a movie, would you be willing to be in it? And, of course, they all said yes. And then I subsequently, about, oh, I don't know, nine, ten months later, went and asked a few others. And this is a compilation of women that are, run, are billionaires uh, with a B, as in boy, billionaires, to, um, you know, multimillionaires, and it's a balance. Half of them are corporate women. Half of them are entrepreneurs. They're in all age ranges, starting from the 30s to um, the 60s, and th- some of them are moms, some of them aren't, some of them are married, some of them aren't. So a true kind of representation that someone can a- attach a-, a connection with, really share. I mean, it's like amazing what some of these women 
trusted me in sharing their lowest of lowest moments, things that I think people would say, no way. I mean, you could see a trailer. You could go to glowproject.org and see a free trailer on it. I mean, it's pretty compelling. I mean, you know, Sheila Johnson, billionaire, former founder of, um, you know, Black Entertainment Television, um, just a host, Kathy Black, former president, right, of Hearst uh, Publications, at one time regarded as one of the 50 most powerful women in business by Forbes. I mean, really solid, solid uh, women that have uh, shared their journeys. And most importantly, kind of, you know, the, um, the shift of really going after and achieving what I call GLOW. Now, GLOW turned in, ended up being an acronym, and I have, to, I have to be honest, we didn't know going into it. It ended up coming all this on the back end of GLOW being an acronym for Giving Ladies Our Wisdom, because that's what they're doing. But GLOW was just, I think, a very female word. I looked at it, and I just thought, that's what women do. They GLOW. Men do a lot of things, but they don't GLOW, right? <laughs> and it's kind of that it factor. You know how you, you meet someone, Cheryl? I felt that way when I, when I met you. There was just an essence about you. Like, she's got it going on. I don't know what it is, but she's got it, and it's lit, you know? <laughs> and you just want to know more about people. With that, You know, it's the, they're the people that people want to follow, and these women all have those elements. And uh, so it was intended to be, and the Orlando Film Festival ended up naming it the most inspirational um, movie ever for women. But men love it. Men love it because they're married to women who glow. And really secure, attractive men, I'm talking about attractive, not just physical attractive, but energetically attractive men, want to be surrounded by competent, confident women who don't want to be men. They want to love men for who they are. They don't need to put them down. They're not bra burners. They're they're wonderful women that want to love men for everything they are. They want to be in partnership with men in terms of working with them, if not married to them, you know. And um, and men have found they're raising, they're raising, men are raising incredible daughters who they want to see being, you know, fully fulfilled, happy, and successful. So glow is what happens when you combust happiness with success, I think. You know, you, you can have them both, you know, um, and... Uh, uh, but it's it's there's some things you got to know about the journey, and you got to be willing to take some of the detours, and you got to be able to climb and maybe fall and get back up. and And these women certainly exemplify that in every way. Well, and I love what you say about um, combining happiness with success. and And it occurs to me that how one defines success is important because there are plenty of people who, you know, from the outside. They may be defined as successful. They are wealthy or they seem to have the perfect family. Um, They seem to have a very um, prestigious job uh, or company, and yet maybe they're not so happy. Right. That's why I say happiness and success. I know a lot of very successful people that aren't necessarily happy, you know, and um, and so it is, you know, and and it is personal. I think there are different definitions for different people, which I think, which is why this this movie is so powerful, because you know, when you see the collection of fifteen different women, I mean, they all live very different lives. They all define, you know, happiness differently, um, and and yet they all are there. They all, I would would say, are in the top, you know, uh, you know, top percentile of people that are happy. 
um, and they all have very, very different careers. Some are right. nonprofit, more philanthropic, like uh, Dr. Helene Gale with CARE. You know, others are in corporate America. You know, Marion Luna Brem has a phenomenal story about, you know, becoming a, a car dealership owner, you know, when her marriage fell apart and she didn't go yeah. to college and she didn't yeah. have a job, you yeah. know, and she needed to, and she became a car salesman only to be the best and end up owning a couple of car dealerships, you know, to the tune of $30 million. So, um, they're very powerful, but very different stories. And it, and it, I think, hopefully gives people permission to say, I can, I can define success different for yeah. me than you, and I can define happiness differently, too. Well, we only have a couple of minutes left in the show, Sandra, and you know, I am just so impressed and love the gift and the contribution you make to the world with E-Women Network and with yourself. You are such a generous being. Just give so much of yourself to others. Tell us a little bit about how people can learn about E-Women Network and, um, and how they can experience the conference that you have every year. Absolutely. Well, first of all, you'd have to you'd have to go to the website eWomen W O M E N Network dot com, and uh, I have two things. I have a, a free download on my personal uh, cash model formula, and that's on the website, um, the lower left hand corner under the social media icons, and then you'll see the big link to the conference. And we do the largest four day business women's conference. Um, in North America, and uh, we ha- we do have a couple hundred men that show up, so it's not exclusive of your male listeners. So if that's your client, if that's who you're married to, if that's who your customer is, this could be a really great place for you. So you can check it out. And we have phenomenal speakers coming from Harvey McKay and and Brendan Burchard to um, you know great social media with um, uh, Lisa Larson, uh, Linda, and we've got um, you know Janet Atwood. Marsha, a lot of the ladies that you know yeah. uh, and men. And um, I, what I want to do, um, because of the great work that you do and supporting you, is that I, if people are interested, they can check it out. When you register online, if you choose to, to join, I want to give you an almost half price. It's a $1,500 conference uh, for four days, and it includes most of your meals and that kind of thing. Very high-end conference in July, the 12th through the 15th in Dallas um, at a beautiful uh, four-star hotel, uh, the Hyatt Regency, which is in in the Dallas skyline. Um, If you use the code, and you can use um, the code of, you know, your work and your business, Cheryl, C-W-L, VIP, I'm going to give you a $700 um, discount to be able to come. So um, that's $1,500. That makes it $795. But you have to use the code CWLVIP. All right, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll we'll make that available. I'll activate that uh, right away, so literally, wow. if people are either on the call or off the call, they can take advantage. And then well, what I'll do you, is I'll make sure you know about it, right, so that you have the opportunity to stay connected with those people that will be at the conference as well, Cheryl. Well, thank you so much. Once again, there's your generosity, Sandra. Sandra Yancey, it's been a privilege having you with us today. Thank you so much for joining us on Leading Conversations. And remember, everyone, to think big because the world could be a better place because of a conversation that matters. This is Cheryl. 
Thank you for spending this hour with Cheryl Esposito and Leading Conversations. You can listen live every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you have a question or comment for Cheryl, please email her at leadingconversations at alexaconsulting.com. That's L-E-A-D-I-N-G-C-O-N-V-E-R-S-A-T-I-O-N-S at A-L-E-X-S-A-C-O-N-S-U-L-T-I-N-G.com. See you next week.